Welcome to Rewrite the Mother Code, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves. Through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences, we're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way that you never have before, but have always needed. It's time to rewrite the mother code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Rewrite the Mother Code with me, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. It has been a very rich and full time. We're in, I'm into August as I record this. And I was looking back on July and I I was like, wow, what a month. Oh my goodness. Big, huge, amazing, awesome celebration, Chicago celebration for our daughter, Morgan and son in love, Mitch to kick it off. Rich and I supported a parent child weekend that was so deep and rich and wonderful. I spent a week writing in Mexico, really deep dive into self-care for myself and writing. And then a week in Ireland with my husband where we just had, we played and had so much fun. It's really bringing out this playful, exuberant side of us. And here we are in August and August feels a little bit more low key. I was saying to someone like, I really don't like how people start saying it's fall and it's August. Like, oh, summer's over. I mean, summer is not over in my mind. Summer is still alive and well and rich and there's still that warmth. And I feel like August kind of gets lost in this transition. It is a time of transition for a lot of people with especially people who have kids going back to school and that, you know, kind of drives our thinking and our clock in many ways. So it's always like wired in us as back to school time, which for a long time for me was fall was not my favorite time. And I really had to work on what it was for me and and step into that. So I just wanted to presence myself and bring to light kind of what my atmosphere is and lead into this interview that I have with Anya Rock. And she's someone I've known for a long time, probably 10 to 15 years, somewhere in there. Time gets so funny. We were in a networking group together here in Chicago. And she always inspired me just with her grit, her determination, and her just alive spirit. And she was always in always in good shape. I mean, it doesn't mean she was always like happy or that, but I just have really valued her, her presence, her being, her spirit. And she joined me back in March for my March spring equinox retreat. So of course, we'll talk a little bit about that, but there's so much more and so much good she's doing in her life for herself, but also building a community and working with individuals, working with women to bring out their most fulfilling, joyful life. But we'll get to hear about her and how she does that and some of our work together. So here we go. Let's get into it. Well, here we are. Here I am with Anya Rock. Well, I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure. I'm so delighted to be here. 
Yay. I know. We we couldn't stop talking. I'm like, okay, can we just start recording? Because we'll, we'll just talk and we'll probably said good things that should have been on the recording because I love being with you, talking with you and all that you're, who you are as a person and what you're about and how you keep growing and evolving and stepping into new spaces so courageously. So we'll, we'll get into all that. First, I will just you know, say a little blurb of official stuff about you. I mean, I know you've been just an incredible entrepreneur or businesswoman through the years and have had, you know, several iterations that aren't listed here officially, but we'll we'll just say what's so for you now, which is you as an integrative life coach, microdosing guide who supports leaders to step into a life of abundance and flow, combining mindset work with holistic tools such as breath work and mindfulness. Anya guides women to reclaim their space, shifting limiting beliefs, and make space for joy. It's just so beautiful. I love it. And it's such a great summary, even though I know there's so much to all of that. And maybe that's where you could kick off and just how some of your journey and whether it's the journey you're on right this moment, kind of what you've been on that got you to be doing specifically what you're doing now, wherever you want to start in that realm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking recently about how many times I've pivoted in my career and in life, right, as we all do. I think the idea that any of us has a straight and narrow path certainly wasn't my experience. I, you know, moved to New York, went to theater school, and then moved to Chicago with my husband and taught yoga for years and was in network marketing, which is really where I got kind of my entrepreneurial you know, training wheels and really got mm. the bug for working with for myself, but also coaching and working with leaders and shifted into the coaching space. And also, as I was doing that was on my own personal healing journey. And I think that's a little, we use that term a lot now, like yes. journey, but it really was a process of rediscovering myself and my voice. And the I've found the more that I'm doing that, the more I'm bringing that work to my clients and really mm. finding that so many of us have it all together on the outside. Everything looks perfect. High achievers, right? Whether we're CEOs or high achieving moms running mm -hmm. households or both that we have been fed this idea that we kind of have to have it all together. Mm. And social media makes that worse. We have the highlight reel, but there's a lot of work to do on the inside. And for me, there was, there was a lot of unraveling to do a lot of rediscovering and reclaiming my mm. voice, my story, and ultimately my power. And so I'm a coach, I'm a healer, I'm a mentor, I'm a writer, I'm an artist at heart. And mm. so I love kind of weaving all of these holistic pieces and taking the work I do with clients and really looking at the whole person, you know, not just the cerebral like coaching piece, which can is great. We can talk about like, what are the goals and what do we want? But where is that showing up in our body or what's really stopping us when I say I want something and then I kind of keep finding the stumbling blocks. It's not just about mindset. It's also about the body set. It's also about mm. our nervous system, about trauma, about understanding what it takes to be visible and to be seen and, and the courage that that takes. So I really try to work with each client individually and the deeper I go in my journey, I think the better I'm able to, to give them the tools and guides 
and most recently have been adding microdosing because that was such a powerful journey yeah. for me. So, why don't you say a little bit about that? We've I've had someone on the show that kind of took us somewhat on that journey, but it's been a while. So, why don't you share a little bit about what that? Because I think people have perception, if they haven't been introduced to it, they have maybe perceptions or some of them accurate, some of them not. So you sharing your experience would be great. Yeah. So microdosing psilocybin specifically for me was, you know, as I said, I'd been kind of on a healing journey. I've utilized tools like breathwork and therapy and writing and Reiki. And, you know, I've been a seeker and searching and doing this work. And so for me, psychedelics were kind of the last door. They don't have to be the last door for everybody. But for me, it really helped me to come online in a completely different way. Physically, Mm. emotionally, I just felt more alive and more connected to my experience of being human. At the same time, I also stopped drinking alcohol, which was, you know, I I, kind of can't tell the story without each other because. Yeah, for sure. It was. I share that I've done a dry January many, many, many times and always on January 31st, I'm like standing there with the glass of wine ready to go. And my experience this year was that I wasn't interested. Mm. I found myself really curious about what was happening and the, the sense of just being really present for the first time. And I absolutely attribute that to the microdosing. Hmm. that I sort of knew cognitively like, well, I'm microdosing, maybe I won't add in alcohol, but also I'm really liking this experience and I want Mm -hmm. to stay curious and, and just keep going. And I gave myself permission to just do it one day at a time. And so typically a microdosing protocol is about three months. And I just said to myself, like, I'm just going to stay curious one day at a Hmm. time. And so now we're in August recording this and I've, essentially been alcohol free since. Wow. Congratulations. That's such a, I mean, I know from experience, but I just know in general, it's a huge deal. It's a really big deal. And I know, cause I've been with you enough to know like the difference it's making and, and what a big step it was. It's been amazing. And there's a lot of attention around like microdosings using psychedelics. And for me, what I recognize is that there's also a lot of there's a big gap in understanding how powerful they are, how to use mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And the difference between doing something recreationally and having a real transformation is the integration process. Yeah. So it's utilizing the tools like breathwork, journaling, having a mentor guide to help us process the awarenesses that come up through the plant medicine. Yeah. Being able to integrate those into our life so that. For example, I have an awareness of, you know, my connection, my love for my mother, for example, and then I'll have an interaction with my mother. And what I'm hoping is that the, an old trigger, I'll have a different response to. That's the goal, right? That's when I really know like, oh, something is shifting. Mm -hmm. It's the integration process that allows us to do that. It's not just using the plant medicine. So that's where I have gotten really excited about working with women who are ready to just amplify and accelerate their process mm-hmm. by adding in the microdosing. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I th- I think, and I'm glad to have you mention like it's, you know, the intention and that choice 
that where I think people get confused, like, oh, you know, that'll be just, I'll get to just be high, you know, and have this psilocybin experience and more as an escape than what you're talking about, which is no, a go into, you know, go an opening into the feelings, into relationship with mom in some way that like unlocks something so that then when I'm with her, it'll be different. And, you know, making those choices and having, you know, something that opens additionally opens that space for you. And the key is really intention. Yeah. And you were present for my amazing macro Mm -hmm. dose. And the same experience could have simply been recreational. Yeah. But with intention and setting and the proper support, it actually becomes a deep healing journey. Mm -hmm. Really powerful. I mean, shifts and changes for me that, you know, I felt completely different leaving that experience. So, yeah, I'm glad you named that because, you know, it's my first experience being with somebody kind of as an unofficial guide, you know, obviously (laughs) it's not my training, but, you know, being with people as they go deep into a space, however, that's opened up for them. Like you said, like it could be breath work. It could be this, like, this is that space to just hold a container for someone as they, you know, move through what this, that particular experience and session brings up for them. And I think um, being able to witness that and see it and then know you and know that now how that's taken root for you. So then that's the other thing you can have a big experience and even be aware that like something healed, like some things happen and that's beautiful, but then where am I going to take it? Right? How do I what did I learn from that? What came up? And then, you know, then we need to get sometimes whether it's more concrete or just that awareness is going to open up space if we stay open and intentional with it, which is, yeah, yeah and so I, beautiful. I find whether it's psilocybin, I've also, I went and did ayahuasca in May, so another plant medicine. And my intention is to allow the medicine to change me mm-hmm. because otherwise, again, it's just recreation. It's just fun which is fine (laughs) if that's what you're doing. But to really, there's so much power in creating ceremony, creating a container, and then allowing the medicine to change us, to Mm -hmm. really be in growth, which I think is why we're in the kind of work we do and the kind of life we want to live is I want to grow. I want to constantly be evolving, to be in search of, connection to my higher self, to being an expression mm. of not just my best self, but my most authentic self. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause I don't know, we can, best self can get a little judgmental even sometimes for us. Right. But authentic and present, I guess, to myself, you know, with that, with whatever that is. And even if I'm present to me, not being my best self, I'm that presence is really key and really important. And well, I love this and it, I know somewhere in here, so I'm just going to jump in because yeah. I think the space that you were in created this space when I told you, I think like three weeks before my spring retreat, like, oh, by the way, did I tell you I'm, had I invited you, you know, and you're like, Mexico retreat. <laughs> I think this is the perfect timing. And you jumped in and that's something that's not totally out of your character as I know you to like say yes to something if it feels right in that moment and make it happen. But I I felt like there was even an additional kind of space that you were in that has opened for you, that has been guiding and leading you. So obviously, I was really happy to have intersected 
with you because having you join that experience was a huge benefit to me. But if you could just speak to kind of what that was that besides wanting to come to warm weather, which is still an important piece, (laughs) just share a little bit about that if you don't mind. I mean, it's one thing I've learned about myself. I've, I've studied a little bit of human design and I've really just not even human design specifically that it matters for, but really learning to trust that feeling Mm. of it's a hell yes. It feels right. You know, and sometimes you're like, Oh, should I, should I? And I notice for myself, if I have to think about it too long and go back and forth, I'm like, okay, maybe it's a no, but the timing of when you sent that was so perfect. It was awful weather in in California, which is hilarious. But sometimes that it's an opening, right? I had a craving right for that kind of warmth and, connection to the ocean, but it was also, and you know, you had invited me in previous years and it was just never the right time. Mm -hmm. And when you sent that, I thought, yeah, if I can make this work. And again, I'm always like, well, if I can align all the pieces, I'm a mom and a wife and a business owner. And there's always like some logistics, but I had this feeling like if this falls into place, I was supposed to have surgery. And I was like, I think this can fall into place like this is a yes. And, and it did. Mm-hmm. And it was an amazing experience, perfectly timed for the work I was doing. And, you know, when I share my journey of doing my macrodose with psilocybin, I always stack the two because I do think they were powerfully connected, right? I had just mm-hmm. come off of this experience of unraveling some of the stories of my own motherhood my relationship to my mother, what it means to be a good mother, whatever that means, where is my desire and pleasure and how do I speak to that and also honor all the places and parts that I have responsibility to. So it was divinely designed, I believe, Mm -hmm. to just have had that beautiful experience of going through your process and then to have my other experience and use the medicine to really amplify that healing. So yeah. it, was, it was amazing. I know you came down like with in the question of what would you, would that be something you would do post, you know, our time together? And that was one of the spaces that you were in is like guidance for that. And you mentioned, because I know this is something we worked on together, which was around finding pleasure around us. Like, and I said, I want to find out what turns me on. And that was very vulnerable for me to say as the leader, you know, like, oh, what what is she working on? What do you mean? Like, you know, and and that could be fine. But for me, that was a big deal to like reveal myself and open that up. And and I specifically remember you being so grateful that I did because then that allowed you to st- speak into that for yourself from your perspective and your journey. And because this that weekend's about using everything around us for messages for our nourishment for our development. So, you know, it seemed a little odd, like it wasn't just like, oh, how am I going to find sexual pleasure on a weekend with, you know, with you women or whatever. But if it felt like that, as I was in a Tama Scal, then great. Like I wanted to connect however I was connecting with all my pleasure energies, you know, and all the, and just opening up that space. Cause that's something I've been working on. And I, I was grateful that, you know, we kind of shared that space together in many ways. So thank yeah. you. It's definitely a, a journey that I've been on of reclaiming, you know, my sacral energy, my sexuality, my pleasure. And I think it's 
I'm certainly not alone, right? That was mm-hmm. what was so beautiful about being connected in that space. And I, I imagine each retreat has its own theme, you know, in reveals what each group of women is, is working sure. on, but it was really potent to be in that small container of women and really be exploring these themes of, because our creativity, our power, mm-hmm. it's also connected. And we have been taught, you know, through experiences and then through, you know, everything around us that we, that that is shameful. That is, we shouldn't be talking about our pleasure and God forbid right. we talk about our sexual pleasure. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> and, you know, what does that mean? And where do we, where do we find those safe spaces to discover and to, and for me, that was a huge, I'm, I'm still on this path, but mm-hmm. a deep part of my healing journey has been to reclaim some of that for myself, right? And someone who experienced sexual trauma as a child and just mm-hmm. to be able to really yeah, own that again. And and that was my experience of of having the safety to, I remember being in that Temascal and, and all women and, you know, just having that incredible medicine woman talk us through visually and physically and emotionally, like, what are we letting go of? And what are mm-hmm. we reclaiming in our bodies? And so it was. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, 
www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. is really powerful and definitely a part of my of my journey a big step yeah. forward and where I'm going beautiful well and I love that as you said like part of our journey right because this is and just the like I don't know self-mothering is what it was coming up for me around this like we think of I think sometimes we even think narrowly of what that is, right? And sometimes, of course, like taking physical good care of us, even meditation and mindfulness. But I don't know that we think of our pleasure as part of our mothering ourselves, and like the barriers, right? And the codes we need to rewrite around that are pretty significant. You know, and it's a journey I'm on right now to like look ancestrally, you know, like what have I like taken on? Like what's in my current body that really isn't mine, you know, and what is mine from my experience? And what is it just that I've chosen to take on in exchange for the love of my mother or the love of my grandmother? That's been really potent. But I, I love that that was a theme that came out because it wasn't something I thought about before, right? It was like, I don't know, they were distinct, like, ooh, do you even put mother next to sexual pleasure or pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> when when that's what exactly and when you know when it comes to mothering a child they're giving birth like they have to be to like they're intertwined right well not that you i mean i know you could like maybe not have pleasure during the sex of conceiving a child i'm you know yeah. but i think the intention is that those are those do come together right and that they can come together and that way birth can be like this extreme pleasure pain Right. The two are actually so on the scene. They're so connected. Razor's edge. Right. Yeah, like the they're grief just grief and joy and pleasure and pain. And I think allowing ourselves, we kind of touched on this before we were recording, but just even like mm -hmm. to reclaim some of our dark magic and some of the. Yeah. Know, say more about that. I just got this beautiful serpent tattoo, which you can't see. Yeah. Well, some of you will see it when we're, when we're video, but um, yeah. Yes. And the serpent is really representative of the feminine and connection to earth and shedding old versions, old layers, constantly death and rebirth, right? Which we are in as humans. And someone who helps women find more joy, I have also recognized through my own journey that it's through our pain and through our grief and through the darkness mm -hmm. that we get to the light, that we really we move from just like happiness good vibes right to real joy to the real inner space where i find fulfillment and content and worthiness and mm. all the things that are my real wellspring of joy yeah i'll just say for myself sometimes that felt scary right because for sure we're not i think there's a reclamation happening around that powerful feminine and it's not just soft and pretty it's powerful and it's reclaiming that darkness that is our fire mm -hmm. so much so and i love that you know we keep kind of going into the this 
past year have been really exploring, looking at, you know, these beliefs we have about light and dark, right? And everything is in the light is good, dark is bad. And realizing that's just another way that the feminine has been diminished because the feminine in yin yang is the dark part, right? But it's the mystery. It's the like the softness, like it's masculine to see things bright and in the light. And that's when you're productive. You know, that's when you get stuff done. I really credit Clark Strand and his book that I always forget the name of, but Awakening to the Dark, I think it's called, um, that was so powerful in this regard. Because even when I started and doing growth work, it's like, okay, like it's, you know, I'm doing this so I can have more light, more light, more light, right? Like, and and maybe part of me, even though I'd heard like, you know, you don't get rid of the dark, but it kind of, I still kind of wanted to. <laughs> and, you know, the shadow side and the dark side, it's, but just starting to train myself, like it's just one side, like they're this whole duality, but they're both important. They're both of equal value, of equal weight. And the feminine really does reside in the dark and seeing it differently, like seeing the thought, so- like things aren't as defined. There's more softness. There's stepping into the unknown. You kind of just see what's right in front of you versus needing to like take in the whole picture, right? And can really be in that space. How to process our fear. Yeah, say, good, good, yeah. Like I can be afraid when it feels like things are dark or I'm exploring more of the dark themes or let's just say fear, anxiety comes up. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things I'm exploring right now is like, how did I process fear as a child? You know, what was my coping mechanism for that fear? Yeah. So, and especially with plant medicine, it's a mirror, right? So it'll often amplify whatever is going on. So I had an experience, you know, early on in my psilocybin where like, I just felt like everything was sparklier and I was happier and it was kind of amplifying. But I've also had times where I'm like, oh gosh, like, some anxiety is coming up, some fear is coming up. And it's asking me to sit with that in a different way. So again, Mm -hmm. that integration process to recognize, huh, I want to override this. I want to put this away. This feels uncomfortable. Yeah. The more that I just like allow it and say like, what is it I'm afraid of? What feelings are coming up? What sense of feeling untethered or it often comes down to like our mind and imagining worst case scenarios. So if I reconnect into my body again and I have a sense of anchoring and safety in my own body, can I move through that fear? And I think we're not often taught that yeah. to be anchored in our own body and to be, to use again those practices like breath work or mindfulness or meditation or journaling to really process through those sensations rather than putting them away for later Mm -hmm. and just saying, oh, that's like a bit too much for me right now. So that's been a new place that I've been, you know, exploring and playing with. But I think that's the dark, the fear. I think they're connected. I think there's a lot of information in there for us. Right. Right. And if we just, you know, kind of go with our knee-jerk limbic response to like shut it down or fight against it. But what you're talking about is creating safety to open up and go into it, like be in it, explore, be curious about it, feel it, 
we'd so much want to shut down that feeling, but it can be a really beautiful, valuable feeling to let ourselves like even shake in our fear and know that I'll get through it, right? That it's okay to enter that space and and we don't have to run from it quite the same way. And I think everything that we're talking about, I know we said earlier, you you kind of laughed and said like, well, to be a good mother, or I was exploring that, like who knows what that means or whatever. But I believe everything we're talking about where you are describing the journey you're on for your self-realization, however, we all the terms that we can call it, but it's powerful. I think that's like the hallmark of good mother, right? Because I, if I'm really, that's to me mothering ourselves, right? Like that's us rewriting the code of where our journey, our unfolding and envelopment of ourselves trickles down, pours down, you know, opens a space for our relationship with our kiddos. And you're in the, you know, in the thick of it. I mean, they're a little older. You're not like new mom thick of it, but you're in the thick of what this mothering phase and stage is. And how has that been? How have you been experiencing that in conjunction with the work you're doing? Absolutely. So I, we've talked about this before. I mean, motherhood is kind of a, it's a rebirth, right? It's we we have these incredible humans that we get to guide through their own evolution. It's a chance to look at ourselves and be like, how invest the chance of how much of it is my agenda versus their soul's agenda, right? Balancing kind of all those, how much consciousness can I bring to this? And I really believe and repeat to myself, you know, because I'll when I'm away, I have to go away to retreat, right? I have to leave my children. The work that I'm doing is for their benefit to, because I know that I show up with more presence, more power, more realness. And I am breaking generational trauma when I do this work. Yeah. As you brought up, right? All the things that I've inherited, all of the silences, the patterns, the withholding, the, I mean, we have choices as women of this generation that two or three generations ago in my lineage, they didn't have, right? My mm-hmm. mother made choices around things in her life that were very different. Her ability to choose and speak up her truth was was really different. And so particularly as someone who, again, I had sexual trauma as a child, right? I um, My parents went through divorce and I grew up with alcohol and just lots of things that shaped and formed the ways that I managed, we'll say, I don't know if manage is the right word, but created safety for myself. Mm-hmm. So right. It's understanding, the more I can understand that and then truly break those patterns, then I create more freedom for my daughter, for her and my son, for the way mm-hmm. that they relate to the world. And I mean, just as a kind of circle back to even the alcohol conversation, like my kids have noticed and have commented and have, it's fascinating. They are kind of almost at the teen years. My daughter's turning 13. My son is amazing. I know. And it's really powerful to be able to be in conversation with them right now about the choice I'm making to be more present and how it impacts them and whether they notice a difference. You know, what's their experience of mom in this new place? Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, I laughed at the term good mother because I think it can be a trap. I think we can fall into this idea of like, 
because that's like an external, like, what does it mean? And we, we can wrap up our identity. I know I have had seasons of my life where I've been kind of wrapped up in motherhood in a different way. And as, as my kids kind of grow out of the, like needing me physically in every moment, hmm. and I'm reclaiming some of that sovereignty as a mother of older children, I'm also very aware that they are learning not just from what I say, but from what I do and how I treat myself and how yeah. when I have the courage to be in my fear, when I have the courage to be in my pain or my grief and they can yeah. see all of that. So that's beautiful. Want that to be kind of our litmus test for mm-hmm. good mothering. If that's Right. Yeah. yeah. Like let's make that more the, than yeah. like there is some for you. Can you, I was just messaging with a client this morning Mm. saying like, I think it's Glennon Doyle who wrote in her book and it just will always stay with me, but we could teach our daughters to honor themselves and be willing to disappoint everyone, including Mm. their mother in that honoring, then that is how we can serve them. And that's something as a woman in her mid forties, like I'm still very much unlearning. Yeah. What does it mean to disappoint others, but to speak my truth, to really say, I need this. I want this. Here's where my desire lives. Here's where my pleasure lives. Mm. And I'm willing to stand in that even when it disappoints other people, the people closest to me. Yeah. Like, which is the most vulnerable place to do that. Right. Well, that's so beautiful. And I know this is how you, so I love hearing that because that's how you mother starts with mothering ourselves, having that core and that strong sense, and then extending out to our relationship, our closest relationships, our children. But then you do this as a as a coach, you know, for other people. I don't know if you just work with women. Yeah, mostly women. So please share how people can find out about you and what working with you might look like and then how they would do that. And then I have one more question for you. So you can find me. I have a website, anyarock.com. Anya is A-I-N-E. I have a quiz you can take, which is um, kind of a, I find a really powerful start because so much of our limitations, the things that we feel are keeping us stuck come from those mm-hmm. stories, right? And so the quiz is finding the, st- the core story that's keeping you stuck. So you can find that at anyarock.com forward slash quiz. I'm working with clients one-on-one, but also launching a program this fall for microdosing support in a very intimate container of women, kind of like a mini mind, where we'll use psilocybin microdosing and come together in connection using the tools that have been so Mm -hmm. powerful for me to integrate those experiences. And you can find me on Instagram. Yes. Oh, life. Yeah. You do a beautiful, beautiful job on Instagram. I'm always inspired, like just sharing yourself and authentically and beautifully. And I thank you for that because I always get a lot from what you share. And I hope others check out more than like that's a great place to start you on Instagram and then everywhere. And that you might be launching, relaunching your podcast down the line. So we'll just name that and your writing and. There's a lot of things afoot for you also, but don't wait for that. Just, you know, we can connect now. I think we've been speaking about it very openly, explicitly, but I still like to ask the specific question. What does rewrite the mother code mean to you? 
think it's about, you know, if we, if we kind of take that apart and unpack it, it's really looking mm-hmm. at like, what is my mother code, right? What does it mean? And that for me, obviously I had ideas of like my mother growing up, but then right. when I became a mother, I was like, oh, and the evolution of being a mother, I'm more able to see myself in her, see the mm-hmm. places where she, it might've felt like she failed, but it was really honoring that she did the best she could with the tools she has. The more we heal, I believe the more we're able to really do that, see mm-hmm. our mothers and really hold them as complex and fallible humans. And then that's where real healing kind of comes in. So for me, it was it's unpacking some of that, which I've gotten to do with you in a beautiful way mm-hmm. um, on your retreat and then mm-hmm. knowing you and knowing your work. And the rewrite part, right, is taking agency, taking our power and our ability to use the resources we have, the tools we have at our at our hands and do the work yeah. to write a new story for ourselves, for everyone around us, whether we mother children or, you know, the many creative mm-hmm. projects we have in the world to see them through. I think that's especially true of creative projects, right? To mother <laughs> those and really like allow them to come out to the world, not just going to be an idea, but to really yeah. converse into the world. And knowing that the more each of us does this work, we have a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. We truly affect everyone, not only in our households, but everyone around us that we we change our story, we change our energy, when we rewrite this mother code, we're really giving everyone around us permission and inspiration for how it can be different, how each of us can just take the next step on our path toward becoming that most expressed version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's so beautiful. I love how you articulate things and from your experience, but also I've had the the pleasure of being in it with you, with everything that you're saying, which I want to more and more and find, we're going to find lots of ways to like be together now that we came back together. It was, had been some years of like, just kind of like touching base and then boom, now we're like in it yeah. <laughs> together and I love it. Well, thank you so much, Anya. And we'll, we'll do a whole nother episode on you and our connection in Ireland because the goddess Anya's. Oh, yes. Pretty awesome and amazing. So I'll just name that little like foreshadow of more to come that many things. Yeah. Thank you. So absolutely. Wow. I just had such a beautiful time with Anya and we got off. And of course, I thought of like five other things I wished we had been able to cover in our time together. There's so much. She does a beautiful morning routine that we'll have to get back on and share about too, where she has dedicated time for herself, for her self-care, her mothering every morning that she's very consistent with and and just seeing the huge shift that that's made for her in her life. So lots of inspiration there. And I hope you felt it too, but, you know, underlining those themes of what does it mean really to self-mother and these deep journeys, these deep inward journeys and breaking through and, and, seeing and being with and with equal value the our light and our dark and how they work together and how one isn't better than the other and we need as just as much time in the dark as we do in the light 
for us to feel balanced. And I think that's a really important theme I want to bring up. And of course, I loved that she was able to share about some of her experience on the spring retreat and just how she jumped in and said, yes, she like followed that spark until the end. And it wasn't easy. I mean, we didn't really talk about it, getting flights, short notice, figuring out like her timing, her kids, her logistics with her husband, with the kids. But she just stayed with that intention and put off a surgery because she felt like the retreat would really help with her as she had to step into something that wasn't going to be so fun. So encouraging anyone listening to this to, if you have that inkling, just explore it. Take that first step. Reach out to me. Have ask a question. You know, see what it might spark for you, and you know, you'll gain something by that exploration, no matter what. So I would love it. I'd love to speak with you about what's happening in your life. The fall retreat might be right for you. It might not, but we'll be able to connect either way. So blessings, blessings on your day. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Rewrite the Mother Code. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included, to find it. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com and sign up for my newsletter. I'll see you next time. Oh, and don't forget, those of you who are interested, curious, serious about upping your game, diving in, really being there for yourself on my self-mothering fall equinox retreat, here's the URL, right? www.drdrgertrude.com slash fall, F-A-L-L dash. Equinox, E-Q-U-I-N-O-X, Dr. Gertrude Lyons slash fall dash Equinox. Take a look and sign up because these spots are going to go fast. I just know it. I know they will.